just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Friday going into a weekend. That's always good news. But if you look at the news itself, there's a lot of bad news out there. A lot of bad things going on. And that seems to be the one thing we talk about mostly on the Rational Boomer Podcast. And I'm sorry for that, but uh, we'll try to talk about some happy things too from time to time. But I think it's important that we all get the news we need to know. I think all too often there are people who don't pay close enough attention and the news that infiltrates their minds isn't the complete story. Because we've got media that will give you the high points, the salacious, the sensational. And that's what you'll remember. But there's more to that story that gives you a better perspective on what it's about and what it means. So that's kind of what I do here with the podcast and TikTok and Instagram and such. I try to find the stories that have interest to people. I see the salacious and the sensational headlines, and then I dig deeper into it through a bunch of stories, through documents, whatever, to get the facts to understand what the story means. I'm going to talk about the media a little later on, but what you always see on TV or hear on the radio or see on the Internet isn't always the whole story because it's not the sexiest part. It's not the juiciest part. And the media seems to think that's all you care about. And trouble with that is, a large part of our community in the United States, that is all they care about. They don't want the details. They don't want to know the facts. They just want to know the gossip. And that's the problem. We have a country full of misinformed people because they don't take the time or make the effort to dig deeper to find the facts. And our media can't be trusted to give it to us because those things aren't the things that are going to get you to watch their channel or network or whatever. They're just going to give you what you want, like a dog getting treats. They don't care where the treats came from long as they get treats. And that's how we are when it comes to the media. At least a lot of us are. And that's one thing I hope to improve in my own little way. And it is a little way doing what I do on TikTok in the podcast. But when I hear these stories, it's important that you know all the facts. Somebody will say, this is that because of this, but you don't know the whole story. So it's important you do know the whole story, that you're informed, so that you can make some informed choices when it comes down to that. You know, I've spent many years in radio, and I know well enough that when you're on the radio and you're doing anything, that there will be people who like you and people who don't like you. That's just part of the game. You kind of go with it. You don't worry about it. Somebody once told me, don't take those people that love you too seriously. And in the same vein, don't take those people that really hate you too seriously. Just do what you do and do the best you can. And that's what I try to do. That's what I did in radio. That's what I'm trying to do here. But I always find it funny. When I watch some other TikTokers, especially, they go onto the platform and they give their opinion, which is something they're entitled to do, and many of them do a great job of it. But when they get a negative comment on one of their posts, 
maybe mean or cruel or bullying or whatever it is. They get all upset about it. What the hell are you doing? I mean, what did you expect would happen when you go onto a platform, have a big audience, say some shit that a lot of people like, but say some shit that a lot of people don't like? You don't think they're going to respond? You don't understand who the lowest common denominator is in this country and that they will say and do anything if you have the audacity to speak something differently than what they believe? That's part of the game, man. You can't be upset about it. You can't take it to heart. It's all just a show. Now, when I give my opinions on TikTok, sometimes here on pod, on the podcast, don't get as much interaction here as I would on TikTok. But 99% of the time, I get some positive reinforcement, and that's good. But that's by design. Because I've told you before, when I get these negative trolls or conspiracy theorists or people that attack other people, including me, I block them right away. I don't engage them. I don't give them any air because they don't deserve it. I'm not here to try to teach the stupid. I'm trying to interact with people of a like mind, people that are intelligent, that understand what this country and this world is truly about. But from time to time, I will get some random troll coming in and making a comment because they don't like what I'm saying. And I'm not surprised by that. I'm not hurt by that. They can't hurt my feelings by saying the things they do. I mean, they'll say, you're an idiot. Now, I got probably 15, 20, you're an idiot, spelled Y-O-U-R. You're calling me an idiot, and you can't spell a simple word. You don't understand sentence construction, (laughs) but I'm the idiot. So to me, that's rather funny. That's like a guy who uh, is unarmed coming at me when I'm fully armed. A battle of wits, if you will. Now, if I wanted to engage this guy, it wouldn't be hard to shut him down and make him look stupid. Unfortunately, when you do that, then they get all butthurt and go and try to get you banned and videos taken down. So they're not worth the time. I'm trying to get the message out. I'm trying to talk to the people I want to talk to and the people who don't like what I have to say. Fuck them. Who cares? But I will get everything from, well, you're losing your hair. Well, no shit. I'm 61 years old. I've been losing my hair since I was probably 55. When I was young, I had a great head full of hair. In fact, when I was in ninth ninth grade, one of the things I won in the Hall of Fame for the yearbook was nicest hair. (laughs) So I had good hair at one point. I don't now. I'm 61. And you know what? I don't give a fuck what my hair is. I could have A little hair, I could have no hair. It doesn't make a difference to me. When I go to the barber, they say, what do you want done? I tell them, just don't make me look any stupider than I already look. Cut it short so I don't have to deal with it. And that's all I do. That's how much thought I put into my hair. Or they might say, you're old, you're stupid, you're overweight, you're too skinny, your teeth are bad. Whatever they say doesn't hurt my feelings. In fact, most of those people that make those comments, I go to look at their profile because I'm going to block them, and they have zero followers, no content, 
no picture. You can't tell anything about them. You don't know if they're a Russian bot or just some dipshit sitting in his mom's bedroom on her bed trying to be a hotshot with their <laughs> with their flip phone. I don't fucking know. I don't care. See, that's the thing. There's a lot of people in this country that think differently than me, but I don't give a shit about them. They got to lead their life, and generally it's miserable. So God bless them. Go forward. Lead your miserable life. That's why I always say on the podcast, feel free to comment. You can give me positive stuff. You can give me critiques. You can give me suggestions. You can even complain about me. I'll listen to it. If you point out I'm wrong, I'll consider it. I'll take a look at it. I'll look at it constructively. And if I was wrong, I'll admit to it. If I was right and you're wrong, well, fuck yourself because I don't care. Anyway, let's get down to what's happening in the news and how it's affecting our country. Well, this Hurricane Ida, this is a natural disaster that somehow keeps giving. It continues to give. Now, it hit the southern border or the southern coast of our country, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, areas like that. And it absolutely devastated those areas. Those people were flooded out. The only positive thing from that hurricane, and it was one of the biggest hurricanes ever to hit the United States, was that uh, thankfully the uh, dams held up in Louisiana, or New Orleans, and New Orleans wasn't flooded like it was with Katrina. That was the good thing. But that's not to say that there was anything good that came out of this hurricane. I mean, there are areas flooded. People are homeless. People are without power. They're struggling for the bare necessities of life in the South after this hurricane hit. And it's not going to be fixed in a couple of days. People aren't going to get their power back even in a week. This is going to take months. But as I said, this Hurricane Ida is a disaster, a natural disaster that keeps giving. Because usually what happens with hurricanes is they hit the coast, they go inward a little bit north of where they came in, and they kind of dissipate, and that's it. Not the case with Ida, because Ida continued through the country pretty powerfully. Went through Tennessee and up into the northeast, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. We've got ridiculous flooding there. For a time, the New York subways were shut down. People were caught up in the New York subways because they couldn't get out. They couldn't get on the subways. There's all kinds of flooding in Pennsylvania, and New Jersey has all kinds of problems. Now, in Hurricane Ida, just to give you an indication of how badly it affected the Northeast, in addition to what happened in the South, the total death toll at this point for Hurricane Ida is 61. Now, 40 of those people that died came from the Northeast after it already hit the country, gone through the country and up toward the Northeast. We're looking at 21 or so uh, in Louisiana and uh, Mississippi and Alabama and those areas. Now, that's still too much, but it's ironic that where the hurricane hit, the eye of the storm hit, has fewer dead than where it's leaving up in the northeast. That shows you how powerful this hurricane was and the damage it did. So the damage it did is not just in the south, it's in the northeast too. Pennsylvania, Jersey, New York, and such. 
This is causing big problems for a large part of this country. And this is going to take proper actions from our government, from our president, Joe Biden. We know back in the Katrina days, George W. Bush didn't do shit, and people are still struggling with the after effects of Katrina. We know that uh, Donald Trump didn't do shit when, uh, when Puerto Rico was decimated by a hurricane, other than throwing out some paper towels. He didn't even know that Puerto Rico was part of the U.S. It's not a state, but it is part of the U.S., and he didn't even realize. And he's fucking president of the United States. And I've said in a previous uh, shows and, and TikTok, the real telling point here will be, how does Joe Biden, how do the Democrats react to this particular hurricane? This hurricane is bad as Katrina and the one that hit, well, maybe it's not as bad as the one that hit Puerto Rico, but it's bad. Now we get to see what Joe Biden does when there's trouble. Now we get to see what happens when, uh, when the Democrats have the possibility of helping people who have been devastated by this storm. Now, <clears throat> Joe Biden went down to Louisiana today. And he's talking to the people. He's overseeing what happened there so he can make some plans as to what needs to be done and how these folks need to be helped and to make sure that we don't have the problems and the and the mishaps and, and, and the things that weren't done in Katrina and in Puerto Rico. So he's down there today. But yesterday I was watching on TikTok and there was this guy, John Schneider who is essentially a has-been actor from kind of a B-rated show. Now, I know there's going to be fans of the show he was on, and you love it more than anything, and that's fine. I'm only speaking from my own opinion. Never really watched the show much, never thought too much of the show. But John Snyder was on the show Dukes of Hazard. Interestingly enough, throughout that show, the most famous entity in that show was the General Lee, which is their car, which was a red charger or challenger or something from the 60s or 70s. And on this car was painted a huge Confederate flag. Now, back in those days, the Confederate flag wasn't really as uh, much a uh, breaking point as it is today. So nobody really complained about the Confederate flag on that car. The show was kind of a slapstick, goofy comedy, and it was funny at times, I guess. Catherine Bach was the uh, sister or cousin or whatever the fuck she was. I guess down in the southern area of Hazard County where they were, whether she was a cousin, a sister, or whatever didn't matter. But (laughs) I digress. Anyway. The only thing good that came out of that show was uh, Catherine Bach, the sister or the cousin or whoever the fuck she was. She wore the short jean shorts and they became known as Daisy Dukes. And to this day, they are Daisy Dukes. (laughs) So when young women wear the short jean shorts and they're wearing Daisy Dukes, and if the women and the men enjoy them, you can thank the Dukes of Hazard for that. More specifically, Catherine Bach, who wore them for the first time. 
At least, for the first time, they were identified as Daisy Dukes. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. John Snyder, this has-been actor, who wasn't much of an actor in the first place, did a TikTok, and he said to Mr. Biden, President Biden, he says, yeah, we don't want you down here in Louisiana. You're just going to make it worse. We don't want you coming to Louisiana. We'll handle our own shit. Didn't say shit. I did, because that's what he meant. But so, why would he do that? I mean, you get a state like Louisiana has having all kinds of trouble with COVID, all kinds of trouble with full hospital beds, and now a hurricane hits it and people are in trouble. But John Snyder says, yeah, President, don't come down here. And you know why? Because he's a fucking Trumplican. He's one of these Republicans who think that everything Democrats do is bad. Well, what they don't come to think about is that at a time like this, the state of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, wherever, they need as much help as they can get. And while he might be very partisan about who's president and whose help he's going to accept, Joe Biden's a little different sort. You see, when it comes to natural disasters, Joe Biden doesn't look at red state, blue state. It isn't a political thing to him or to anybody with common sense. It is about Americans who need help. And Joe Biden did come to Louisiana in spite of this B actor telling him not to. And you know what? He just got there today, and I just read that there's already been $100 million in federal aid to individuals, not to groups, not to companies, not to anything, but to individuals in those areas. Now, these people lost homes, lost vehicles, lost property, lost family members. They need help. Joe Biden goes down in spite of the fact that some people said, don't come down here because you're a goddamn Democrat. But he comes down anyway because it has nothing to do with politics for him or anybody else with any sense. And he's beginning to help. He got them money. It's not enough to fix it all, but it's a start. And he just got down there today. A hundred million dollars for federal aid to individuals in that area. And you know what? He's going to do the same thing in the Northeast where it's more blue up there. But he's not going to treat them any better or any worse than the people down in the South in the red states. He's a president of all the people, and that's what Donald Trump missed. He thought the blue states were his enemy. Even though he was president of all the United States, he treated them badly when COVID came out. He said, let's not do anything because it's hitting the big cities, which is where the blue voters are. And maybe we'll kill some blue voters. You think that's, you think that's bullshit? You think that's hyperbole? No, it's not. Because that's exactly what his son-in-law, Kushner, Jared Kushner, said. And that's one of the reasons why he did nothing about COVID to begin with. 
The other part of it is he doesn't know what to fucking do. He had no plan. He threw the plans out. He threw the team that would attack this out. And he did nothing for months. And that's why, to this day, we are struggling with COVID, the Delta variant, and any other variant that might come up the road because of this. Had the proper things been done, had Joe Biden been president, or even Hillary Clinton for that matter, and I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan, but had she been president, things would have been different. Places wouldn't have been shut down for long periods of times or ultimately permanently. We would have handled the situation like we handled other pandemics, but no, we didn't do it. So now Joe has to clean up the mess, and that's exactly what he's doing. John Snyder didn't want him down in Louisiana, but Biden said, fuck that, I'm coming anyway. I'm the president, you're nobody, I'm coming. So he does that. And uh, brought some money with him, too. And that's just the start. There's going to be a lot of work necessary to be done in the South and in the Northeast. You know how many people died in this hurricane? 61 people, I think I told you this. But 40 of those people are up in the Northeast. In spite of where the eye of the hurricane hit, more people died in the aftermath up in the Northeast. There's going to be a lot of things necessary to help people. And Joe Biden will do that. And that's why I told you, as we deal with this hurricane and the people in trouble, watch what Joe Biden and the Democrats do. Then compare it to what Donald Trump did in Puerto Rico or George W. Bush did with Katrina. Now, Katrina was so bad, he was offered international help. George W. Bush said, now we don't need it. We'll handle it. But they didn't handle it. And as I said, there are people still struggling today from that hurricane, let alone this hurricane. You're going to see something different now with Joe Biden and the Democrats handling it. And you red states that hate Joe Biden, you watch what he does. And then you will find out what a real president does. And in spite of the fact that he's a Democrat and a liberal, he's taking care of you. And he will continue to take care of you until you're better. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. We are back. Got a couple of quick things for you. So Trump Org executive Matthew Calamari Jr. That is an interesting cat. He started out being a um, being a uh, bodyguard to Donald Trump. Yeah, just a big muscle head. But then ultimately, Donald Trump made him COO, Chief Operating Officer of the Trump Org. Why would you do that? Well, he knew he can control this guy and make him do anything he wanted him to do because, well, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And frankly, let's be honest, the chief operating officer of all of the Trump organization is Donald Trump. He's just a front man to make him look bad if something goes wrong and to steal the, uh, <laughs> steal the fame from when things go right. So this guy was a dupe. He's essentially a dupe. But he was in the thick of it. He knows exactly what's going on. He can talk about all the things that happened in the Trump org. Well, he's agreed to testify with the Department of Justice. Now, I know you know, I know you think this is all taking a long time before Donald Trump gets nailed, and it is, but that's the way the law goes, and you have to be patient. 
there is so much stuff and so much evidence and so many people testifying that Donald Trump will never find his way out of this mess. He will either deal with it for the rest of his life or he'll be taken down quickly and hard. Trust that's going to happen. Then now on to Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden had plans to go to uh, Ground Zero on September 11th in remembrance and and memorial of the 9-11 attack. Now, a lot of those people that were involved in that attack, I mean, meaning that they were part of it, they were in it, and they suffered through it. 1,600 people sent a note, I believe, to the White House and said, look, Joe Biden, if you don't release the classified documents related to 9-11, don't even fucking come here. Now, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but there's a lot about 9-11 we don't know. And maybe we should know. There's a lot of conspiracy theories, but we don't know what's going on. So, Joe Biden has ordered... Um, declassification of documents related to 9-11, and they should be coming out in the weeks and months ahead. So if there are some things that we don't know about regarding 9-11, and you can bet there are a lot of things we don't know, it will now come out, thanks to Joe Biden. Of course, Joe Biden will go to Ground Zero on 9-11 and commemorate and pay honor to those folks that died in that attack, as he should. Donald Trump might go if he was president, try to sell fucking hats or T-shirts or something, try to make a buck off of it, because that's the kind of piece of shit he is. But Joe Biden will be there and be solemn, much like he was when they brought the 13 service members back from Afghanistan. He was there. He wasn't trying to steal the show. He was trying to pay honor to those people those fallen service members in Afghanistan. And he'll be there on 9-11, and he's done what he was asked to do, declassify the documents from the 9-11 attack. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. And we will all remember those folks that died, the 3,000 people that died in 9-11. That was a turning point in this country. It made for tough times in this country. We need to remember it. We can't forget it because it can't happen again. Some might say it has happened again with the COVID thing and Donald Trump's negligence. That may be so. We need to learn from that as well. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me about this California recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. And that's going on. I didn't know much about it because I don't live in California. Didn't care much about it because I don't live in California. But I think sometimes you have to look at places outside of where you live because it could ultimately have an impact on your life, wherever you might be. Now, Gavin Newsom is a um, governor, a Democratic governor of California. I've also heard he's related to Nancy Pelosi, too. I'm not sure how, and I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but that's true. So some of the Republicans in that state don't like Gavin Newsom by what he did with COVID and the vaccines and all that sort of stuff. So they wanted to start a recall election. 
and they want to get a Republican governor in, which seems ironic. I mean, how much bluer could a state be than California? What are the odds they would end up with a Republican governor? Well, it's better than you might think. And why? Because the whole system to recall a governor is a fucking mess. It's ridiculous. And I want to explain to you exactly what it is so you understand. To acknowledge those folks that have asked me to talk about this. And if you don't live in California, still listen very closely. Because there are other places there could be recalls. In fact, I'd heard about the prospect of them trying to recall Ron DeSantis in Florida, which would be a good thing. But still, the process is kind of fucked and kind of anti-democratic, I believe. So this is what happens. You want to have a recall election with a sitting governor. All you need to do is get a petition and get 12% of the voter turnout in the last election for governor. So... uh, Say somebody got 100,000 votes for governor, you'd need 12,000 names on a petition. Okay, that can be done. People get pissed. People get tired of the situation. They want to change. You get 12% of the people to sign. Now, if you want to run against Gavin Newsom or any other governor that's being recalled in California, this is what you need to do. You need to pay a $4,000 filing fee. Not a lot of money, really, when it comes to getting a job as governor of the state as big as California. Now, if you don't have the 4000 bucks, you can always go another route and get your own petition and get 7,000 supporters on that position or petition. You don't need the money then. You just need the 7,000 names. So that's, that's doable. Then you need to be a U.S. citizen. Of course, that makes sense. And lastly, you cannot be convicted of certain felonies. Certain felonies? You mean there are some felonies that are okay? Some felonies that are cool and it's okay for you to be governor of the state of California if you have certain felonies. But if you have other certain felonies, you're disqualified. I'd be curious to find out what the discrepancy is between felonies. What's a good felony? What's a bad felony? But more importantly, when I look at the small bit of requirements to run against a sitting governor in a recall, I realize, you know what? If I lived in California, I could run against Gavin Newsom. And that's the point. Any fucking Joe can run against the governor in a recall election. And the governor can lose the recall election very easily. And it's absolutely ridiculous what happens when a governor loses a recall election. I'll explain it to you. Now, on the ballot that people in California will get on September 14th, there'll be two questions. The first question is, should the governor be recalled? Do you want the governor recalled from his position? The second question is, If so, who should be the new governor? (laughs) Don't have to be Democratic. Don't have to be Republican. They could be in the Communist Party. They could be anything. doesn't really matter. You put your name on the list and you run for governor should the recall be instated. Now, here's what happens. 
If the majority of votes on the first question, should the governor be recalled, is a majority or more than 50%, like 51% or 50.5%, if that many people vote no on that first question, then it's over. It's a done deal. Gavin Newsom keeps his job and you continue on through the rest of his uh, term. He needs more than 50%. Now, if less than 50% of the people vote no against uh, Gavin Newsom, then he loses his job. 49% he can get, but that's not enough. It's got to be more than 50%. So then what happens is whoever's the top vote getter on the list of these clowns that decide to run against him will get the job as governor. Let me give you an example. If you look at the polling right now in California, there are probably 10 people on the list that want Governor Newsom's job and want to take it should he not get through the recall vote, should he get less than 50% of the recall no votes. Well, of these 10 or so candidates, the top guy is a Republican, a rabid Republican, a fucking Trumplican. He is a radio talk show host, not a politician. And at this point, he has 26% of the vote, in the polling anyway, of whoever's voting against Gavin Newsom. So imagine this, if you will. This could happen. Gavin Newsom only gets 49% no votes. He's out. We go to the other side of the second question, and whoever is the top vote getter on that side, which happens to be Lee, uh, not Lee Elder, it's, uh, who is it? Um, Larry Elder. He's the radio talk show host, Trumplican, Republican, fuck. He's got 26% of the vote. So imagine this. Your sitting governor only gets 49%. He's been recalled. He's out. So now your new governor is um, Larry Elder, who only got 26% of the vote. How is that fucking possible? How is that fucking democracy? Basically, what happens here is the Republicans are trying to take a hostile takeover of the governor's office. So Gavin Newsom has 49% of the people voting for him, but not enough to get past the recall. Larry, Larry Elder, this dumb fuck, only gets 26%, but now he's governor. Tell me that isn't a fucked up system. That is truly a fucked up system. Now people will say, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? Well, the answer is very simple. This state, California is largely Democratic, largely blue. So all you have to do is everybody get out of your chairs, get out of your bed, get off your ass, and get out there and vote in mass. Get all the Democrats you can to vote on this recall election. And all you have to do is get more than 50%. It could be 50.1%, but that would be enough to keep Gavin Newsom in office. 
I suppose there's other kinds of games and eagles you can run, but the easiest, most simple option is everybody get out and vote. So unless you want some dumb fuck Republican being governor of your state, which seems outrageous and seems unlikely, but if you want him to be your governor, then just don't do anything. Be apathetic. That's been the big problem in this country. So if you don't want this Republican to be governor of your state, everybody take the time, make the effort, go out and vote and get Gavin Newsom more than 50% no votes. And then it's done. It's a done deal. These clowns don't even get a chance to be governor of your state. It's very simple. And hopefully you'll take that advice. I'm probably not telling you something you don't already know, but sometimes somebody has to kind of push you. This is a very simple situation, and it's a simple fix. So what you need to do is take responsibility and make that fix. That's all it's going to take. That's it. (sighs) Talking about fucked up Republicans, I got another one for you. There's a gentleman down in Georgia by the name of Herschel Walker. He is running for the Senate from Georgia. Now, some of you may know who Herschel Walker is. I do. But if you don't know who he is, I'll tell you. He was a big football star for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, he was a hot shot. He was also the Heisman Trophy winner in 1982. Now, Normally, when somebody is a Heisman Trophy winner, becomes a senior, or leaves college, he is then drafted in the NFL, and I believe he was by Dallas. But he doesn't go to the NFL. No, he follows the money. He takes a risk by going to this upstart USFL, a new football league that's going to compete with the NFL. And then he signs with a team by the name of the New Jersey Generals, and guess what? You know who owns that team? Donald Trump. You know why he owns that team? Because the people in the NFL know he's a fucktard and they're not going to let him be in the NFL. So he's going to one-up them by getting his USFL team. And then he's going to show the NFL how to really do it and have the USFL beat the NFL. Well, we know how that worked out. The USFL lasted a couple of years, maybe three years, I don't know. And then it died, like everything else Donald Trump touches. Now, of course, Donald Trump wasn't the only rich guy in the USFL, but he was in the middle of it, and it seems not surprising that uh, whatever Donald Trump is involved in is going to fail, and fail it did. So then, Mr. Herschel Walker went to the Dallas Cowboys. And he he was okay, but not good enough for the uh, Dallas Cowboys not to trade him. So the Dallas Cowboys then trade him to my team at the time, Minnesota Vikings. And it was a huge fucking trade. They were desperate for a good running back. They wanted to get Herschel Walker, and they gave away the store. Well, Herschel came to the Minnesota Vikings wasn't nearly as good or exciting as they expected. And all the things that the Vikings gave away um, turned out to be like Emmett Smith for the Dallas Cowboys and other Hall of Fame-type players. 
the Vikings gave that away to get Herschel Walker, and then when he comes, he's really not all that exciting. After that, he bounced around a few other teams, was never all that impressive, and he went away. Then he started working on um, martial arts, mixed martial arts, or that sort of thing. And then just recently, like within the last four years, Donald Trump, his old buddy from the New Jersey Generals, makes him co-chair of the President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. Well, he's a healthy guy. He's in good shape. Yeah, he's nearly 60, but he looks pretty good for his age. Now, he has some other problems, though, that have occurred in his life. First of all, there's some question whether or not he can read. I don't know if that's true. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying a lot of people have said that. And and secondly, um, apparently he has trouble with anger. Some people even suggest he has multiple personalities, meaning he's one guy one moment, he gets mad, and he's another guy. Don't know if that's true. But what I do know is true is that uh, a Texas woman, told police that Herschel Walker had threatened her and stalked her and even had her house watched by somebody. Well, that's not the behavior of a normal person. And if it was just one time, that would be okay. But over the years, two other women, Walker's ex-wife and ex-girlfriend, also suggest that he threatened them many times and threatened to kill them by putting a gun to their head. That's Herschel Walker. There was even talk of him having fantasy about killing somebody who brought him a car too late. Somebody was supposed to send him a car, and the car came late, and Herschel was so angry that he fantasized about killing the man who drove the car over. So you can see that in his run for the Senate under the Republican Party, He is the absolute perfect candidate. I mean it. What better Republican candidate than Herschel Walker? He has no political experience. He kisses Trump's diapered ass. And he has a history of abusing women. That seems to be the template for Republicans these days. That seems to be just the person that all the Republicans love like Donald Trump or some of these other fucking pedophiles or uh, women abusers or whatever you call them. They're running rampant through the Republican Party. And all the Republicans do is accuse Democrats of those same things, even though it's uh, at a high level in their party. It's called projection or distraction or diversion. They know they got these problems, so they want to divert from it, and they point somebody else. But the fact of the matter is, they have the problem. Herschel Walker is running for the Senate in Georgia, and he's all those things. But ironically, he's black. Now, these white supremacists, I can't imagine, would want a black man in the Senate in Georgia. But like Candace Owens and all these other fuckers, that, or, or Larry Elder, If they can find a few black people to agree with them, they will jump on board and try to push them through. And uh, it's never a good thing. Now, he's going to be running against, I think, Warnock in in, uh, Georgia. Now, Warnock is a good man. He's a Democrat. He's a black man, too. 
and they think that Herschel Walker is going to beat him. I don't think that's going to happen. Herschel Walker has too much shit in his history, too much failure, too much violence, too much anger. I can't imagine how he would win the Senate seat in that state. But for the people in Georgia, you have to be careful and you have to take it seriously and have to make sure he doesn't win because he'll just be another cog in the wheel of this destruction of the Republican Party, this destruction of the country by the Republican Party. So we got to keep them out. So if you're in Georgia, even if you're a Republican, you got to look twice at Herschel Walker. Not a good man. Not a good man at all. And a pretty average football player in the NFL, I'll add. He was no big superstar. I know when he was with the Vikings, it was pretty anticlimactic for me. I was a big-time Viking fan, and we thought, Herschel Walker, he'll be great. He'll be a great running back. He wasn't shit. He was okay. He was no Adrian Peterson. He was no Delvin Cook. He was just an average running back. So if he wants to play off his fame, well, you're going to have to go back to college for that because that's the only place he really was truly remarkable as a football player. But that shouldn't matter. It's what he's like as a human. And clearly, what I've gathered about this guy, he's not a good human. (laughs) Then ironically, ironically, he's got this son, Christian Walker, who's all over TikTok. He's a young man. I believe he's gay, which is neither here nor there, but seems contrary to the Republican Party, wouldn't you think? And he's a big Trump fan, and he's loud, and he's proud, and he's yapping all the time. Don't like that kid either. He's not, he's not all there, which would make sense given his father is not all there. So anyway, if you're in Georgia, be watching for that Senate run by Herschel Walker. You probably want to avoid having him in the Senate seat in the U.S. Senate. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. I want to thank you very much for spending time with me today on the Rational Boomer podcast. I want you to come back every time we do a Rational Boomer podcast, and that's like three times a week, maybe four times a week, maybe more. Depends on what the news dictates. Tell your friends, colleagues, neighbors, whoever. Tell your enemies. Tell those sons of bitches to come listen and see if you can't take me down here. You can try a TikTok, but on the podcast, you got no sway. And if you want to make a question or comment, you can do that by emailing me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Go to the website, look for Rational Boomer, and leave me a voicemail. So we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.